Okay, this is first Chazar, first Perekah of Yavamas, part two. We're at the bottom of Tess Omer Aleph. So the Gemara there says that Levi asked, why isn't there a 16th Erevah in the Mishnah, which is Imu um, Anusas Aviv. At least he didn't say it, but that's the Gemara understands, that's what he means. Imu Anusas Aviv. Why isn't that listed in the Mishnah? So Rebbe says, Kamedumali Shein Lamach Bekad Kado. And why is that? Because Bepukta Lokamairi. The reason why your mother, who is Anusa Saviv, is not listed in the Mishnah, is because that is a machlokas tanayim, as we said before, between Rabbi Huda and the Chachamim, whether the brother who's dead could have married Anusa Saviv. Rabbi Huda says you can't. So our Mishnah is not talking about cases of, of machlokas. Ah, it says, Eishas Achav Shleyo Belamon. Rabbi Shimon says, Eishas Achav Shleyo Belamon's mutter. No, that's not true. He doesn't say it's mutter. Some cases are mutter. If it's a case where the uh, one brother dies, then a new brother is born, and then the exist the other a second brother did yibum, meaning there was two brothers. One died, and before the brother who's still alive got a chance to do yibum, a new brother was born. Even Rav Shimon agrees that's Eishas Achav Shloya Belama. So our mission is not talking about machloksim. So now there's a Mishnah in Daf Chavav. The Mishnah says that you um, can't marry Achasukukaso, right? Two ladies or sisters can't marry Achasukukaso, but if one of them is an erva to you and the other is not, then there's no problem with that. And the mission there says, um, So it says two lines. Can I have a case of where there's two brothers and to one, one lady is an erva, to the other, it's not, and vice versa with the other brother. And in that case, each one could do yibim to the one that's not an erva to them. And achosik shivimta, and if uh, their sister and she's your yivam, is, is it does uh, either chalitza or yibim. So, Rabbi Chia says that all of the arayos in our Mishnah can fit with that with that list. That you can have a case of asur lezeh or teres lezeh. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, then our Mishnah is clearly talking about machloksim. Because there is no way to have a situation of where it's going to be that one brother, you could say on him, he's mutter to one, but not mutter to the other, because of and another brother would have on the different lady and not on the first lady. It cannot be, unless you hold like Rib Shimon, that by Yibem, that Eshazachav Shalayim is going to be mutter. Otherwise, the case cannot work. So it must be that our Mishnah does talk about uh, Machloksim. Gemara just gives us a simon of how that case works of uh, Rib Shimon, because it would only work with Rib Shimon, um, where you could have a Lezeh Materas Lezeh, it is Meis Nolad Yibim, Meis Nolad Yibim, which is that, uh, again, a brother died, then a, bro- then a new brother was born, and then a brother who had been alive does Yibim. So now... Um, lady number one is going to be usher on newborn. We'll just call him the guy who was born after death of brother number one. We'll call him newborn. Newborn one is going to be usher on um, lady number one, and then some other brother dies, and and then some a new newborn number two is born, and then uh, someone does yibum to um, to that to the second wife. So then you have newborn number one is only usher on lady one. He's Eishazach Shalayim on lady one, but he's not Eishazach Shalayim on lady two. And the second guy who was born second, by the time he was born, lady number one had already had Yibum, and Reb Shimon says that that's okay. So he's so she's not Eishazach on him, but is on the second wife. So that's how you could have it. 
Anyway, so it must be that we are Biplak the Kamairi. That's, um, that's number one. So uh, again, to this we say that uh, um, the Rebbe's answer to that would be, well, I don't hold the Rebbe Klalim. So this is not a kasha on me. Um, I disagree with Rebbe Chia, and that's why Rebbe said, yeah, I don't think he has a melech bekadkado. If you did agree with Rebbe Chia, we would be talking about Bepukta, uh, but Rebbe does not hold of that whole thing that every erev has to fit, and therefore um, uh, we can stick with Bepukta Lokamari. Okay, so that's possibility number one, why Rebbe said to Levi, I don't think he has a melech bekadkado. Another possibility is that even... Um, is that Rebbe didn't write Anusas Aviv, Imo Anusas Aviv in the Mishnah, is because even though he does hold the Rivchiz Klalim, however, you're not going to have, if you have Asur Lazar Materos Lazar, you're not going to have Achos Kshivim to Chaletz Yabemis. Meaning you can't have that second part of the Mishnah that says it has to be, there's a, Achos Kshivim to Chaletz Yabemis will not fit with Anusas Aviv. You know, you can't have that there could be that the sister of the one who's an Erev to you, you could do Yibim to. Can't be by Anusas Aviv. Because um, Anusas Aviv is your, if it's Imu Anusas Aviv, so then the sister's going to be your aunt, right? So it's never going to be. They can have that the sister, you could do Yibam too. So assuming Rabbi Chia's column applied to both, you can't have it. So that's, so if, if Rabbi did hold of Rabbi Chia's column, so then even if it was Bepluk to Kamairi, it wouldn't help you because it wouldn't fit Rabbi Chia's column. Because you couldn't have the case of a Chosek Shiyavim to Chaletz and a third possibility is that Rebbe did list Machloksim, and Anusus Aviv is not in the Mishnah because he holds of this Tad that you're not allowed to. He holds like Rebbe Yehuda. He holds that your brother never could have married um, Anusus Aviv, so that it can't be listed in the Mishnah because our Mishnah is talking about the people you are allowed to marry. It's the second Mishnah that talks about people you're not allowed to marry. And um, and Rebbe thought that Levi had no moch because he wrote in the Mishnah, the second Mishnah, Imo and Eishas Aviv. So Imo is always Eishas Aviv, unless it's not. He should have figured out that Imo must be a case of Anusas Aviv, and that he held like Rebbe Huda, in which case obviously it can't be in the first Mishnah. So that's why he was upset with him. Okay, despite all this, Levi, Levi edited his own Mishnah of Anusas Aviv, which means Levi understood that our Mishnah does this case does the, our, our Mishnah, first Mishnah, does discuss cases of people marrying that they aren't allowed to marry, because the second Mishnah makes clear like they're holding like Rabbi Huda. Based on that, Reish Lakish asked Rabbi Yochanan, so if we're talking about things that you're not allowed to do, why doesn't the Mishnah list a man who did Chalitza to a Yavama, to his Yavama, and then remarried her, which is a Lav, and then died? And then it would that lady would patter all the Taros, because Reish Lakish holds that once you do Chalitza to a woman, you, the, the Yavam, only has a lav uh, to, re- to marry her, but all the other brothers have an Isra Kharis. To this, Rosh Yochan responded that because uh, there's no case of Tzara's Tzara, because none of the brothers can marry this Tzara. Now, of course, Rabbi, according to Rav Yochan, the question doesn't begin, because Rav Yochanan holds all of them just have a lav. So the Gemara explains to us that Rish Lakish holds that, one, again, what we said, once one brother does Chalitza, so he alone has a lav to, this, to the lady he did Chalitza to, to remarry her. Uh, but all the other brothers have an Isakaris, meaning it's, it's a Gloy Milsal Mafreya, that the, the, the Heter Eshazach was only to the one who did Chalitza. Therefore, the rest of them remain with an Isakaris. Um, whereas Rav Yochan says, no, once the Eser Eshazach went away from the brothers, it never ever comes back. And it's only going to be a lav. And the way Gemara phrases it is that 
the one who did chalitza was the shliach of the brothers, and the one who got chalitza done to her was the shliach of the uh, Yavama. Okay, so now Rav Yochanan brings a proof that he's right from a Baisha that says, if someone does chalitza, and then marries the lady he did chalitza to, and she dies, the brothers need to do chalitza um, to that lady. So you see she's not an erva on all the brothers. But then the Gemara says, why are you going to do it to Sefer? The Sefer says that if that brother, if a brother does Kedushin, um, if a brother does Kedushin to the lady that had Chalitza done to her, then she doesn't need anything if that brother dies. So that sounds like it is Nerva. So Rabbi Yochanan says, well, that, that's going like Rabbi Kiva holds Chayvi Lavin or, uh, or Nerva. Okay, then the Gemara brings two ways to read that Brisa between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan, two different ways. So again, the the first part of the brisa sounds like Rav Yochanan because it says that if someone marries their chalutza and they die, all the brothers need to do chalitza. It sounds like Rav Yochanan. Second half sounds like Rish Lakish because it says if one of the, one of the brothers does kedushin to the chalutza uh, and then dies, they don't need anything, which sounds like Rish Lakish. So each one uh, explains the part that doesn't go like them to be telling the machlokes Rav Shimon and the chachamim about Ishzach of Shalayu so, in other words, the first part of the price that sounds like Rav Yochanan. So he'll say the second part that's talking about with Kedushin's not Tophis, was going like the Rabbanan and is talking about a Yishazachar Shlayo Balamo. And Reish Lakish says the first part that says they have to do they have to do Chalitza is talking about um, a case of Rav Shimon, a regular Yishazachar Shlayo Balamo that Rav Shimon holds his mutter, if it was Yibim first. And, um, and that's why the other brothers need to do chalitza. Of course, in Rav Shimon, normally you could do yibum too, uh, but in the case where you married, uh, the guy was married to a chalutza, the original brother was married to somebody who couldn't be married to, you can't do yibum. That's just as an aside. All right. Gemara also tells us if, if one brother does yibum to wife number one, and another brother does yibum as well, to a different wife. In other words, one brother had two wives, and one a brother who was married to two women died. Brother number one does yibim to brother to wife number one. Brother number two does yibim to wife number two. So the Gemara tells us that that is uh, an assay of Kevin Shlabana Shuvla Yivna. And that's according to Rav Yochanan. Rish Lakish says it's a chiv kars. Okay, now the Gemara brings Rav. Rav that says, Tzara Sota Zasura. Why is Tzara Sota Zasura? Because a Sota is like an Erev because it says Tumah by her. Now again, even though she wasn't Mizana, she was Mizana under the dead brother. But uh, that's called Toma, and therefore um, that's like an erva, and it patters the tzara according to Rav. Gran asked, then asked, what do you mean? If we see if a woman's husband goes away, and she hears he's dead, and she remarries, and then it, the husband comes back, she's a sota vadai, and yet it says she can do yibim according to Shimon, and, and even the chachamim says she can't do yibim, they say the tzara can do yibim. So you see, tzara sota is not like an erva. The Gemara answers that that's, uh, you know, that's no cash at all, that's a sota drabanan. Because the base then told her to get married. There's no comparison to a real sota. The Gemara says, what about uh, what we normally call a sota, which is a woman who suspected she was uh, a her with a man, and that woman gets chalitza. So why should she get chalitza if tzara sota is a sota, is an erva? The Gemara says, at the sota suffix, and under a sota vada. We're talking about a sota vada is the one who should pat to the tzara. The Gemara brings a machlokas, Rabbi Yossi ben Kippur in the Chachamim, whether a sota gets an Israelav to her original husband or not. Rabbi Yossi says he does not, and the Chachamim say he does, from the word venitma, which refers to the Bia itself. Rabbi Yossi says no, because the Pasuk is talking about cases where there can be Tvisas Kedushin, 
Rather, the Tumah in that Pasuk is talking about Machsir Grushoso. That's where uh, that Tumah is referring to. So the Gemara then asks if a man is Machsir Grushoso. And then he dies. Guy divorces his wife, she remarries, then she divorces, and she remarries the first husband, Machsir Grushoso. Does this exempt her tzara from Yibum? Meaning, does she write to us the tzara? So the Gemara has two tzadim. Uh, we said, like Rabbi Yossi ben Keeper, that's the case that it's talking Toma. So Toma means like an erva. So it should patter the Torah for sure, according to Rabbi Yossi ben Keeper. So should be an erva to patter the Torah. Um, but what, what about the Chamim? Would they say that the Pasuk is only talking about Sota? Or is it also talking about Machsir Grushasa? Uh, and it would, it would patter the Torah. But another thought is, maybe even a Kran Rios bin Keeper, um, that there's a miyot of he toeva, and her tzara is not a toeva. Maybe there's a miyot like that, and maybe even Rios bin Keeper would say that there's no toeva, even though he holds that, that uh, the Machsir Grishoso herself would be considered like an erva, but maybe it doesn't patter the tzara. So the Gemara brings a proof. From a b'ayis that says, if two yivamas fall to you and one is psula and one is ksheri, you should do yibum to the ksheri and not to the psula. So who are we talking about? We must be talking about someone who's kosher to you and psula to you. Who's that? Uh, one is a machzer grishaso lady and one is not. And you see it doesn't pot to a tzara. Kamara says, no, it doesn't mean that. It's talking about someone who's puzzled to other people but not to you. Like uh, who's puzzled to other people? A grusha. She's not puzzled to you. So it's saying do chalitza to the ksheri because don't... Uh, I'm sorry, do chalitza to the, uh, to the grusha, because this way you won't mess up the, um, do chalitza to the psula and do yibum to the kshera, if you're going to do something. In other words, uh, I may have said this wrong when I said it originally. <laughs> but okay, you're supposed to do, you're supposed to do chalitza to the psula and do yibum to the kshera. When we had thought it was talking about psula lay, so that would be a riot that it doesn't pot to the tzara. Meaning in, in the Havamina, if you were going to do the, the psula, psula lei and the ksheri, ksheri lei means to the dead husband. And so when you, this machsa grushaso falls to you, you want to do yibum to the ksheri lei and chalitza to the psula lei, because you cannot do yibum to the one who is a machsa grushaso to the husband. Um, and that would teach you, obviously, it doesn't pot to the tzara. But now we're saying, no, it means psula um, la'alma, ksheri la'alma, which would mean someone who's like a grusha. So there you would want to do chalitza to the psula just to not mess up kohanim. Um, because once they get chalitza, they can't marry a kohen. So do chalitza. If you can do chalitza, do it to the psula. If you can do yibam, you can do it to the ksheri. I mean, the maskana, we don't seem to have a clear uh, proof either way. Then the Gemara says, okay, fine. Let's assume Machsa Grishoso is not an erva. It still might be Asumid Raisa if everyone called Vahomer. If she's us around the original husband, so then you, she's us around you too. And you can't do Yibam. And maybe suggest maybe even that Kal Vahomer could be Madcha the Tzara. And the Gemara has two conflicting Lashonas about this. And while there isn't a clear Maskana, uh, if you put it together, it would be saying that the Kal Vahomer can Asher her, but not the Tzara. Okay, then we get to Shmuel. Shmuel says that the Tzaras Mamenes, which means that you, the Yavam, do, do Miyun. I'm sorry, she does Miyun to you. The Yavam does Miyun to the Yavam. So then she is Asura. So the Gemara says, so uh, who's Asura? 
Gemara says it can't be that the uh, Tzara is Nesiru to the brothers because everybody's mutter to the brothers. The Mamanas herself, the Tzara, they're all mutter to the brothers. Rather, it's the uh, Tzara is going to be, according to Shmuel, the Tzara is Usher to the Yavam because of Xera of Tzara's Bito Mimaenes. And there, um, if you, in other words, if you do, if the one who did Miun to you was your daughter, so then the Tzara is Asura because it looks like Tzara's Bito. Even though it really isn't because Miun undoes marriage, but um, it looks like it. And for the same reason, we have if someone does uh, Miun, to someone, she's mutter to marry the father, but if she does me into the Yavam, she's usher to the father because of the way it, it looks. Because when she falls to Yibam, it looks like she is uh, um, married. All right. Ravasi says that Atzeres Island is Asura because basically she's, uh, it's an Atzeres Eishazach. Because Islandess is excluded from Asher Teled. She's excluded from the midst of Yibam from the Pasuk Asher Teled. Mamela Ishazach applies, so her wife is a Taras Ishazach, so Ravasi says Taras Islandess is Asura. The Gemara asks, what do you mean? Our Mishnah says, Kulin Shanimtu Islandess, Tarasayan Mataros. Gemara answers, well, that our Mishnah is talking about um, where you didn't find out till uh, the last minute, till the guy was dead. So then it was a Mekah Tos, the marriage was never, was never uh, a marriage, and therefore it's not really a Taras Erva. But if you knew, if the husband knew that she was an Islandess and didn't care, and it's not, then it's a. Uh, then that's different. That would be uh, a real marriage. In which case, Shatara is a Taras Islandus, which is really like a Taras Eishazach. Rava says, Taras Islandus is mutter no matter what happened, because uh, she's Shaloba Maka Mitzvah. Asha Taylor makes it that she's Shaloba Shaloba Maka Mitzvah, therefore, Taras Islandus is always Mataras. And Riachman says, and even a Taras Mamaenis and a Taras Machsa they're also mutter. Okay, new topic. Three women can use a moch. A child, a pregnant woman, and a nursing woman. So a child, which means between the ages of 11 and 12, can use a moch. Again, that's uh, some kind of um, birth control device. So she can use it since she might get pregnant and die. A pregnant woman can use a moch because otherwise the kid might be a sandal. And the nursing woman can use a moch because otherwise her nursing child might die. Um, the Chachamim say, though, that no one can ever, they can't, these three people cannot use a moch and Shomer Pesayim Hashem. The Gemara comes out that a child, um, at least at age 11, can get pregnant and have a kid. Um, and that which our Mishnah says, that there's no such thing as a, a, um, a islandess or a mamaenis who has a mother-in-law because they already gave birth, means that because once you give birth, you're no longer a woman who could do miyun. Because banim harayim kisimanim. Because once you have kids, that's like simanim, then miyun doesn't apply anymore. And some say having children is even better than Simanim. It counts like the level of Yarba HaShachar. Others just say that um, having children is an indicator of Simanim and that if we don't find any Simanim, it must have been that it fell off due to the pain of childbirth. All this is not like Rabbi Barlivai, who said a woman between ages 11 and 12 can get pregnant but will certainly die. And, uh, but the fact that a woman before 11 cannot get pregnant, that still can be true. Okay, the Mishnah says that the Tsaros, besides that an Erva paters her Tsaros, the Tsaros themselves pater their Tsaros. Revuda says we learned this from Litzror, which sounds like a uh, double Tsara, not just Litzror, Litzror, something like that. And um, Ravashi says we learn it from Asvara. If a Tsaros Erva is an Erva, and uh, 
right? An erva is an erva, and a patras or tzara, so a tzara erva is also considered a, a erva, and therefore it should also patras or tzara. Now, the Mishnah says that if a man divorced a woman who was an erva to the Yavam, and the guy who was, uh, the guy got divorced, the, the brother who was going to die got divorced to the erva before he died, then the tzara is going to be muteris. But the Gemara is unsure if that's even if he divorced her after he had married the tzara or not. Maybe it's only true if he divorced the erva and then married the tzara and then died. Maybe that's the case. Um, but maybe if he was, if they ever shared time together, it's too late. In other words, if they're ever married together to the dead brother, then it won't work. So our mission doesn't sound like that, but our brisa may be like that. So that's a machlokas amaraim. Revirmia says a machlokas tanaim. Rava says no, it's no mashmos. Okay, we get to the next mishnah. There are six arayas that can't be married to the dead brother, so they are in patra the tzara, and they are. Um, So it is um, a mother, a wife of a father, sister of a father, sister of a brother from the same father, father's brother's wife, and wife of a brother who had children from the first brother. And then we're in Beishamai. Beishamai did not hold of the Isra Tzaras at all, and held they could do Yibam. This would mean that Beishamai would require Chalitza, and Asr her to a Kohen if she got Chalitza. Or Yibum, they would allow to, of course. Obviously, we'd call Yibum to then done to that tzara to be Gilearias, and the wife would be Asura the Kahuna, and because she's his own, and the child would be a Mamzer. Yet they would they'd marry each other's children, and they'd rely on each other's uh, Tyrus because they would uh, let each other know. I mean, the mission doesn't say that explicitly, but that was why, because they would let each other know if something would not fit with their shita. All right. Now, Beishamai, how do you Beishamai know that uh, Taras Erva needed to do Yibam? Because it says, I'll see Eishas Hamesa Chutzah Leishzar. And um, the Chutzah means there's a Pnimis, so there's a Pnimis. Um, can't do Yibam, the Chutzah can't be Leishzar, she has to get married, she has to do Yibam. That's how they learn. And the fact that Yivam Lashuk, there's no Tvises Kedushin, they learn from the words Ish Zar, which is how Beisel learns it too. Uh, but Beisel says that Hachutza comes to include even a Yavama that was only in Arusa, still she needs to do Yibam. Beishamai learns that from the hay of Hachutza, and Beisel is not thorough that. Okay, now Rava says, no, the reason for Beishamai is because of Enes Rechal because if she was already an Eishasach, so then Achosisha cannot be Chal on that, and therefore um, there's, no, there's no problem uh, on, the, on the brother, on the Tzara, rather. Uh, and if the Achazisha came first, and then the Eishazach is not even there, then it's totally Shlobamaka Mitzvah, um, in which case the Tzara is Mutter anyway. I think Mara just also says, according to Beisel, Tzara don't even need Chalitza, which is against Rabbi Yochan Vindor, he wanted them to do Chalitza. Okay, now again, Telosis go to do. The Gemara says that Megillah can be read in, in the, whatever, very, depending on what kind of city you're in, uh, on the 14th and the 15th, and then the small towns in the 11th, 12th, and 13th too. So Reish Lakish asks, um, Rav Yochanan, why this isn't an issue of Lotus Godudu? Because Lotus Godudu tells us, besides that you can't cut yourself over a dead person, it also tells us that you can't have different halachas, different groups in the Jewish people doing different stuff. So, why isn't this Lotus Godudu? So Rav Yochanan said back, you, you never heard of this Mishnah by Arvi Psachim, that there are some places that do malacha and some places that don't do malacha Erev Pesach. Uh, not, it's not a Mishnah of Arvi Psachim, a Mishnah about Arvi Psachim. It's a Mishnah of Psachim. Okay, anyway, Rishlakis responds that that's Minig. Who's talking about Minig? There's no Lotus Godudu by Minig. Fine, but they're by Yisr. Purim is Yisr. 
So um, the response, Rav Yochan responds back to that. No, that's not true. They're both Isser. We find the Lashon of Isser by the Erev Pesach thing too. Rishlaka says back to that, that Erev Pesach, uh, there's no losis go to do because the gal just say, uh, people say, yeah, no work to do that day. But by Megillah, that's not true. And Rav Yochan responds, um, okay, so how do you understand how Bishamai uh, did their Shita? Rishlaka says, they didn't do this. Who told you they went like their shita? It would be Losis go to do. To which Rav Yochanan says, no, they did do like their shita. Then the Gemara gets into the discussion if and when and how Bisham and how their shita. So if it was prior to the Basco coming out saying the Halach is Kibes Hillel, so then if you hold Bisham did follow their shita, it would be because, um, I'm sorry, if you say they didn't follow their shita before the Basco, it's because they're the mute. If they did follow their shita, it's because they were mechadetitfei, they were known to be smarter. If it was after the baskal, if they did follow their shita, that's because, again, after the baskal, if they did follow their shita, it's because they hold the ribeshu, it's holds, you don't care about baskals. If they didn't follow their shita, it was because of the baskal. Okay, assuming they went with their shita. The reason why it wasn't a violation of losis go to do is, according to Abayi, because the only time it's losis go to do is, is if there's one based in the city, and, um, I'm sorry, two basins in one city, one basin says one way, one basin says the other way. But if there are two batidinim in two different cities, then there's no losis go to. Rava says, the machlokis Bisham Beis Hill is like two basins in one city. It would still be a problem. But I disagree with you, and I hold, Rava says, that two basins in one city is okay if they disagree and do different things. Losis go to is only the same one basin, half saying one way, half saying the other way. That's when there's losis go to. So the Gemara then asked Rabbi Lazar, went like a shita who holds machshiri mitzvah and docha Shabbos and Yamtiv, and therefore they would cut wood to make a knife for the meal on Shabbos. And Rabbi Yosei who held chicken and milk roke, he would follow his shita. So why is that not losis? Why is that losis go to the Gemara? Asked, what do you mean? I already told you, going in one place one way is okay. It's only uh, to have different things in the same place. The Gemara says, well, the havmina was that since Shabbos is so chummer. It would be like everybody heard of both shitas everywhere, and that would be like a problem of losis go to do. So kamash it's not that way. Then we end, ask from Rabbi Yavo, which it turns out this question really has nothing to do with losis go to do. It ends up stopping Akasha. Rabbi Yavo would sometimes move a candle that went out on Shabbos, and some places didn't. And the answer was because he holds a roof that it's mutter, but um, in the play, in in front of him Yochan, and he wouldn't do it in his honor. Okay, but I, uh, another first another proof that Beishamai didn't do like their shita is that our Mishnah said that they would uh, exchange, they would take sp- uh, spouses from each other, so they must not go on like their shita. The command says no, it's because they would let them know when a uh, lady did not follow their halacha. Uh, we bring another brisa that says both Beishamai and Beishel agreed that a mamzer is only, I'm sorry. Um, that's not a proof. It's not a line. <laughs> Gemara brings a brisa that Beisham and Beisel both agree that Mamz is only from Chayvi Krisis. Against Rabbi Akiva says it's even from Chayvi Lava. That's not okay. The proofs that just comes up in our Gemara. Okay, but getting back to proofs. The Gemara brings a brisa that even though they Beisham and Beisel argued about all kinds of things with marriage, like how much minimum kedushin is and kegushin and all kinds of stuff, still they married over their children because it says Emes Shalom Mehavu. However, Rabbi Shimon says no, they were nimna for marrying each other. So if Rav Shimon says they were nimna for marrying each other, it must be that they did like their shita. Uh, otherwise, why would they be nimna? Gemara answers, even if you hold they didn't go like their shita, they wouldn't, that just means they didn't positively go act on their shita, but they didn't disregard it. So they wouldn't have, uh, they wouldn't have married a 
um, a tsaras erva, but they wouldn't have married someone who, according to their shita, needs chalitza either. Um, so that's why they would be nimna. Okay, and then the Gemara brings a bride that says, Brisa that says that Rav Yochum Benuri said that he wanted to have chalitza for all tsaras erva, but there was nitrafasha. And then Rishim Megillah says, what are we going to do with all the tsaras erva? Which we assume in the question means, what are we going to do with all these tsaras erva that had yibum according to base Shammai, and their kids are mamzerim. So this should be proof that Beishamai went like the Shita. The Gemara says, no, it's talking about the, what's Beishamai going to do with Beis Hillel's Tsaras Erva that don't have Chalitza. And to make them get Chalitza um, would be not nice once they're married because it's not there, you know. Gemara brings another proof that Rebbe Tarfun says um, he couldn't wait to marry a Tsaras Erva, so it sounds like they went like the Shita. The Gemara says, no, he means he couldn't wait to marry her off to others. To tell me the base hill, the lady who was a Tarasarva. Another Bryce says that Rabbi Gamliel's daughter and her co-wife fell to him for Yibum. This is another proof, attempted proof that Beishamai um, went like their Shita. Because it says Rabbi Gamliel's daughter and the Tzara fell to Rabbi Gamliel for Yibum, and he was Miyabim the Tzara. The Gemara says, <laughs> first of all, Rabbi Gamliel wasn't Talmud Beishamai at all, it was Talmud Beishel, so it can't be. Must be the case was that his daughter, Rabbi Gamliel's daughter, was an islandess, and therefore he held Tsarish Islandess as Muteris. That's why he did it. But the Gemara says, but another Brysa says that she was not an islandess. So how do you put that together? So I said they're arguing about one of three possibilities, whether if you knew the lady was an islandess, um, so does that make it that the, uh, the marriage is, is no good or the marriage is good? I don't think I said that quite right. But regarding Tsara, in other words, if whether you hold Tsara's islandess as Asura or not, does it matter whether you um, knew that she was an islandess or not? That's one possibility of what they're arguing about. Another possibility is whether is that there was a, some Tanai in the marriage, and the question was, that was not fulfilled, and the question was, uh, after um, the Bia, is there still, the Tanai still valid or not? Or that the uh, dead husband... Um, uh, divorced the lady after they had been Tsaros and then died, and then the question is: Is that does that make it that they're not a Tsaros Erva? Okay, then we have another Baisa that Rabbi Kiva took two Meisers uh, when he had fruit that was between the first of Shvat and the fifteenth. Rabbi Shama will argue what year that is when it's in that in between stage. So you see that they went like their Shita. The Gemara says no, he just wasn't sure what Basil said. If Basil said first of Shvat, and that's why he took two Meisers. Gemara brings another Bresa that says that Beishamah broke the roof through of a small child so he could be under the sukkah, because he held Katan and Tzarechlim was chayv sukkah. So you see they did like the sheet thing, where it says, well, that wouldn't be Losis going to do, because it would just look like they needed more air. The Gemara brings another Bresa that Beishamah widened the hole by um, Shokas Yehu. Uh, there was this uh, uh, Shokas, whatever, a trough that was uh, connected to a mikvah, and to make it that the you could uh, be tovel there, you had to make the hole a certain size. So Beishel says the hole has to be Kishvaveris Anod, and Beishame says it has to be Rov. So Beishame made the hole bigger. So you see they did like the sheet, and the Gemara says that's Naraya, because maybe it's just, uh, people would say that he wanted the water to flow faster. Then we bring Naraya from Elizabeth of Tzadok, who brought olives to Riochan and Acharani, and when he saw that they were wet, he didn't want to eat them until Elizabeth of Tzadok told him that the Kli had a hole in it, so it wasn't a Kli, it just had been stopped up by the Shmarim, and the point of the story is, and even though he went like Beishamai always, but uh, even though he was a Talmud Beishamai, he always did his things like Beishel, 
Um, so it sounds like the Bishamah used to do what they held, and that's the Chiddush, that even though he was Tabi Bishamah, he did everything like his hill. So the Gemara does not have a response to that story, to that proof. And then we bring another Bryce that say that they asked Rabbi Yeshua what the halacha is with Tzaras Erva. And he said, it's a machlokish, Bisham Vesila, but he's afraid to tell them who the halacha is like, or else they'll kill him. But he could tell them that the sons of Tzaras Erva, whose mothers had remarried without chalitza, uh, were Kohanim Gedolim, which means that they were not considered chalolim. And the proof here is that if Bisham didn't follow their shita, why would Rabbi Yeshua have been worried he was going to get killed? Okay. And then we say, um, the, uh, well, we don't have a response to that either. It seems like it should also be a good uh, proof. Um, now, the reason a child from a Tzaras Erva without Chalitza could have possibly been considered Pagam is learned from a Kalvachomer from Amman Alekoin Gadol. If a child from uh, Isra that is considered Pagam and it's an Isra Shein Bakol, in other words, if you become a pagam, a man of Kohen Gadol, if the child is a pagam from that, even though it's an Isra Shein Shavu Bakal, it's certainly an Isra Yivam Alashuk. And it's also relevant regarding Beis Hillel for a Machsir Grishaso, that it should be that you learn a Kavachomer from a man of the Kohen Gadol that the daughter of a, that the child of a puzzle is, of a bad marriage is, is puzzle. Where it says, no, maybe that Kavachomer is not a good Kavachomer, because Amman is different in that she herself, an man of Kohen Gadol, becomes a Chalala from that marriage. Um, because the Pasuk says explicitly that she becomes a Chalala. But by Master Grushaso, um, she doesn't become a Chalala. Um, as far as her being able to marry a Kohen, she's a Grusha anyway, so she's not, there's no Chalala there. And regarding eating Truma, she actually does not lose her ability to eat Truma uh, from that, because, because to lose your ability to eat Truma, you have to become, you have to marry some, you have to, she has to be nivellous to someone who is always usher to her. And that excludes Yivam Lashuk and Machzik Rishos, who she wasn't always usher to. Now, just as if she was novellus to Chayvi Krisis, she would lose her ability to eat Truma, but these are not Karises. So, to this, uh, so that's what Rabbi Shul was saying, you're correct. Uh, the kids are not going to be Pagumim. The Gemara brings another Bryson that in the time of Rabbi Yotosa ben Hirkinus, they allowed Sarasarva to do Yibum. So we see Bishamay did like their shita. The end. Bishamay did like their shita. Okay. Now the Gemara just brings a story about this that uh, the Chachamim thought Reb Dosmer Hirkinus is the one who allowed Tzara's service to do Yibam. Turns out it was his brother. And Reb Dosmer Hirkinus said, an Edus from Chagai Hanavi, that Tzara's Habas is Asura. And we take Maestro Ani during Shemitah year for fruit that grew in the lands of Ammon and Moab. And we accept converts from uh, the Tarmudim and the Karduyan. And the Gemara explains that. Um, the places of Ammon and Moab were only conquered by Ole Mitzrayim, but um, not by Ole Bavon. It was left over. They weren't remakadoshed so that the people, poor people, could have a place to get Meiser from. And um, we have two uh, members, whether of Yochanan held, we accept converts from Tarmud. One says yes, one says no, assuming you can't. The reason would be a machlokis, it's a machlokis why uh, you couldn't take uh, converts from there, either because of Abdi Shlomo, who married the women there. Or because the soldiers were Ma'anis to Benos Yerushalayim there, and during the Korban Abayis, and all of this means it's because Evid, Ve'akum, Haba'abas Yisrael, Avlad Mamzer. That was the issue. The kid would be a Mamzer. The Gemara also brings that Ammon Amoav at the time of the Korban destroyed the Sifri Torah because it says in Torah you can't marry into Ammon Amoav, so they didn't like that. Then we have the thing about the um, ten tribes. So Ravasi says you need to be Choshish to Kedushin 
from even from people that appear to be goyim, because if they come from places that the Aseris Hashvatim were known to be from, maybe they're from Aseris Hashvatim. Shmuel says, no, you do not need to be worried about that, because as far as the men, they marry the guys ladies, and uh, therefore Yisrael Abal Nachria, the child is a Nachri, and as far as the Jewish women, they didn't have children, and another version is that the, the Chachamim turned them into Lazazim Yisham, they made them into Akim Gemurim. If Rita says that the uh, Yidin will make a, a, a party one day when the Tarmid is destroyed, because half of it keeps getting destroyed and the other half keeps getting rebuilt, and it's a place of um, dubious lineage. The Gemara also says that Rav Hamanuna lived in Harpania, which was a place that had also uh, um, not good lineage, but uh, since he paid the head tax to another city, it was not considered that he lived there. And that is where we'll stop.